What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Split Division Podcast. I'm your host today, Nathan Marzian, joined as always by Jared with the Vikings, Gers with the Lions, Max with the Bears, and Eli with the Packers. We got some news to catch up on. It's been a little bit since we had a podcast, but we are back. And yeah, we're just going to go around and give some, we're first going to give um, news from each team that we've had in, you know, since our last podcast. And then we'll go through and everyone will give some free agency slash signings and all that, that they might want their team to um, have in the off season. So we'll do a little off season kind of prediction thing after this, but first let's just go through some news. We'll start with Jared and the Vikings. Tell us what's been going on in Minnesota. All right. Well, there's a few uh, big things that have taken place uh, last month. The Vikings promoted Clint Kubiak to be their offensive coordinator's Gary Kubiak's son, obviously. Um, he was a front runner. Seemed like uh, the most likely choice uh, throughout the process. Um, he's never actually been a coordinator before, so that's a little nerve-wracking. But, um, I mean, his dad is uh, Gary Kubiak, who was around the league for many years, and um, I would assume that he's going to take Gary's offense from last year and kind of just continue it on to this year, which is something that uh, the Vikings haven't had uh, since Kirk Cousins joined the team. So it'll be nice to get uh, two straight years of kind of the same offense instead of having to switch things up every year. Um, And then Kyle Rudolph, uh, Vikings tight end for 10 years, uh, got cut last week. Um, It was expected, but it was very sad just because, I mean, he's been... He's an awesome guy, and he does a lot of work with uh, children in hospitals and stuff and um, done a lot of stuff for um, kids here in Minnesota. But um, his cap hit was way too much on the team. And um, when you have Irv Smith and now Tyler Conklin, who started to emerge last year towards the end, the second half of the season, um, who are doing a good enough job to where they don't need to invest that kind of money into a player like him at this point. It made sense, and um, that it helped the team in the, their cap situation uh, where they're still currently negative, even after cutting Dan Bailey today. Um, they cut him, it was like an hour ago. Uh, also, something that was kind of expected, um, they brought in Greg Joseph, who has played on a few different teams now. Um, he's been okay, or not okay, he's been pretty good with those teams. Um and I would assume if they don't go for like a rookie or something, we'll be having uh, Greg Joseph starting for us uh, next season. And with Dan Bailey, they save, I think, like two or three million dollars in cap space. So uh, slowly whittling down that negative cap uh, so that they can sign their uh, rookies and then be able to maybe bring in like a free agent or two. Um, and speaking of free agents, they brought in Stephen Weatherly, who was cut by the Panthers. He'd been, he started his career with the Vikings, played with them for four seasons, I think. Um, he was always a rotational guy. He never started, but he's a good guy to rotate in every once in a while. And it seems like every time that he is actually in the game, he's doing, he's making an impact. So it was nice to see a guy like him come back in for a cheaper price, um, especially in a position where the Vikings were really, really struggling last year. So, yeah, I mean, that's about it so far through the offseason. Not a ton going on yet. I expect more cuts to come in the next week or two with um, trying to get 
under the cap or yeah, under the cap and then um bring in some more free agents because they definitely have some needs to address here yeah and we'll definitely we'll get into that like we said in our next segment after this um more of like what you expect to come so let's move to detroit gerbs what's been going on all right so the lions you know uh last time we spoke uh it was the jared goff trade it was or the matthew stafford for jared goff trade um now it's trying to build some of the, the arsenal for, for Goff. Because, um, you know, at wide receiver, before the signing I'm about to talk about, our only two wide receivers under contract were Geronimo Allison and Quintez Cephas. And I know you Packers fans are, like, you have no opinion on Geronimo Allison. He wasn't good. He wasn't bad. He was just a guy on the field. And so, you know, but then the Lions went and signed Tyrell Williams. Um, always thought he was one of those just like, he's a good wide receiver. He's he's never going to be elite. He's never going to be amazing. But he's like the perfect replacement for Marvin Jones. I see the same kind of player there. You know, deep threat, but also can play in the slot, make some big plays. He's a reliable, as long as he's healthy this year. He didn't play last year. Actually, so I, this was crazy. Four out of the five. So the Lions have two other receivers on uh, future deals. Four out of the five receivers in the Lions that Lions have under contract did not play in 2020. Allison yeah. opted out. Williams got hurt, and then the two other guys were on the practice squad for the Lions last year. So the Lions only have Quintez Cephas, who was a rookie who barely played last year. Um, other than that, you know, just like a lot of small signings, kind of filling out the roster before free agency uh, today. The Lions uh, opted not to franchise tag Kenny Galladay or Romeo Aquara. This does not rule them out as coming back to Detroit, but I mean, at this point, if you're not like franchise tag sucks, that's not the deal you want to be on with a team. So if you know, I think the Lions hopefully will try to bring both of them back, but if not, writings on the wall. If they don't bring back Galladay, they're drafting a receiver, and then Aquara we need he's our most productive defensive end and like most productive pass rusher so um yeah detroit's <laughs> once we get in the free agency talk um yeah they got a lot of work to do we're in rebuild mode especially with not bringing back galladay or aquara i mean brad holmes our general manager said we're not tanking this isn't a rebuild but Huh. Yeah, tank. this is this is a rebuild. They never this they never say they're gonna tank. They never say they're gonna tank because you, you can't just well, yeah. If you say you're gonna tank, you're saying I'm bad at my job, but yeah. like, or I'm not gonna do my job well. But like we we know wink wink, wink, wink. you know. <laughs> but yeah, so that's all that's going on in Detroit is uh you know some players shuffling around. No one. Oh, we cut Christian Jones, uh, who was a starting linebacker for us. But I mean, he was huge but not athletic at all and slow as hell. And the way people described him is like during plays, like Christian Jones was always there. He wasn't doing anything, but he was there. Like <laughs> he was physically there when the play, you know, when, when the other team was making a play, Christian Jones was just there. <laughs> like, he wasn't doing anything. He wasn't making the tackle or, you know, good in coverage. He was just, he, at least he was there. You, like, you saw hey, the running like back run into the end zone, and there's Christian Jones just, like, right behind him. <laughs> like, sounds that's like how it always was. So, cutting that guy, I'm not mad. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on. 
the Alan Robinson saga continues. The drama. Max was involved in it a little bit um, on Twitter. So (laughs) I was scrolling through and I see Alan Robinson reply to a tweet. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's Max. (laughs) (laughs) That's always funny with all of us in general. Like, I'll be looking through Twitter and, like, one of you is, like, involved with another, like, player of a team or something. I'm like, wait, I know that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And then what, what was the tweet from? When was the tweet from? So the tweet happened. I have to just remember exactly what I said and when I said it. Um, I so thought it was at the end of January. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. not recent, recent. But it was... Yeah, not recent. He wasn't tagged in it or anything. But <laughs> this just kind of lets you guys know, like, what kind of drama we were dealing with at Allen Robinson this year. That he would just, he searches up his name and just, like, comments on ev- everything and everyone's posts or whatever so it's like it's like not that i'm the only one either it's like he kind of does it to everybody and if you have anything negative to say he's going to just come out and say it but i'll I'll let you know on the drama in case you don't know um so what happened is uh i I speculated and i speculated well that alan robinson is looking for much more than the 18 million dollars that was originally reported and um so what happened is some guy wrote an article and he said based on his source that like uh, Alan Robinson is looking for a huge deal somewhere in the $25 million range, uh, which is second in the league to only DeAndre Hopkins, that uh, he's looking for a big deal. And of course, like Alan Robinson has come off some great years with horrible quarterbacks and and uh, he's in the prime of his career. He wants that long-term contract. Fair enough. Like, go get your money. I have no problem with that. Um, Alan Robinson saw this article. He likes it. He references the article because in the article, what the writer says is, um, and he puts it in bold, he's like, there's no way Alan Robinson gets this. And so then, uh, I think I talked about this on a previous podcast too, and Alan Robinson does the SpongeBob meme that's like sarcastic looking. And uh, and then someone comments, there's no way he gets this. And then Alan Robinson likes it. And and then uh, right after all of that, he see, he tweets, only time will tell. And so what I responded back with to Alan was like, like your cryptic tweets don't do you any favors. You 100% made it seem like you read the article, you understood what the main premise was said, which is that you're looking for more than the $18 million, which is what the cat uh, franchise tag is set at right now. And, um, and then from there, it was just that like, to go back a month and a half and find this tweet buried in buried in the thousands of Allen Robinson tweets just to respond to it. I said, you know what? I'm wrong. And uh, if you say I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll go along with it for sure. But to be that petty, to go back that distance to respond to a, an irrelevant tweet that's irrelevant, irrelevant now makes me almost seem that like, his agent maybe discussed with him that maybe he's not going to get the 25 million or maybe the 22 million or 21 million that he's looking for. And perhaps he went back on that a little bit, unliked his tweets from before and that sort of thing. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, regardless, we just heard the news that we franchise tagged him. Our, the franchise tag is worth 17.9 million against the cap and it hits uh, effective immediately. Um, I don't expect Allen Robinson to be on the team going into the season. Uh, I hope this isn't the case, but I almost feel like he's kind of following in the footsteps of an Antonio Brown. It seems like his mental health is declining. I feel like the Bears know this to a point. I think they think he's a locker room distraction, and, and that's why maybe there's a case of 
um, Alan Robinson has been saying like they haven't even given me offers that we haven't even talked about it and that might be true and and uh, Ryan Pace's number one thing is if you're a locker room distraction you are out of here as soon as possible so um, I, I hope that's not the case I hope it's just something else and I hope that maybe Ryan Pace is just a bad GM but at the end of the day um, yeah I hope all is well in his mind and mental state uh, beyond that, made some small signings. Uh, Alex Vars, an OL who was an undrafted free agent um, two years ago. He started many games for, this year, for us this year, and he did really well, and we re-signed him. Josh Woods, who um, has been our, uh, I don't know, inside la- linebacker three. So if Danny Gervathan or Roquan Smith goes down, he's usually the guy to step in. We re-signed him. James Vodder, he, come, he, he came in and made some plays this year. Um, filling out at the outside linebacker position, Ryan Nall. Um, I'm not a fan of him. He's a running back. He's a white running back, if that tells you anything. Um, and, uh, yeah, we re-signed him. Our general manager absolutely loves him. Might have no idea why. And then There's JP a Holt. huge portion of Lions fan base who is, like, obsessed with him as well and wanted him in Detroit. Ryan so, Nall? Like, yeah, yeah. There's, like, a small, like, cult. I should say, of, like, just guys who are obsessed with Ryan Nall on Lions Twitter. Man, it's like the Packers free with the him from Steelers. Chicago. Because we had Zach Zenner. We're, we're used to the white running back. Right, um, right. And, and like, that's the thing is we, we have that exact same cult of people who absolutely love him. And it's based off of, like, maybe one clip from training camp. Like, and it's so weird that it almost becomes like a meme that Ryan Nall is like the next great Christian McCaffrey, but then he gets out on the field and he he's fumbling the ball and can't make it two yards and missing open holes and that sort of thing. So he's back. Um, yeah, well, but in a in a running back room that's really depleted with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen recovering from his ACL injury, I guess we'll take anybody at this point. JP Holtz, um, a tight end, um, insert tight end joke. Uh, yeah, he comes in, makes some plays, plays some special teams. And beyond that, we released Bobby Massey, our starting right tackle over the last few seasons. He He's a guy who's just, he's he does well. He doesn't blow a whole lot of assignments. He doesn't make a whole lot of plays, but he, he does well. Um, however, he's missed over 10 games in the last two seasons. And so injuries have become a concern. We released also Buster Screen um, and uh, Buster Screen injury problems as well. He spent out. Uh, he spent over half of last season um, in concussion protocol, obviously suffered a horrible concussion. And so we saved about $8 million um, with those two. And then with the tag, we're at about $25 million over the cap. And obviously we hear all the rumors of uh, getting a quarterback, what we're going to do. We'll talk about that later. Um, But that's where we're sitting at right now. And uh, yeah, that's all that's really going on. All right, real quick, back to Alan Robinson for just a sec. Now, I have him on my dynasty team. I've just talked about this. I'm going to let you make the call because you know a little more about it than Ooh. me. Should I, get, should I get rid of him? You said and to maybe next Antonio Brown type thing. Should I get rid of him now or should I keep him hoping that if he gets a quarterback, he's a stud? What do you think? Yeah, well, uh, I think you have to consider who he might be going to. like, And when do you have to make your decision too? This isn't another huge thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I right, like I just have him. I mean, I just he's just kind of sitting on my team right now, but I'm – ideally like I could trade him right now I feel like now is a kind of a a high point for his value where people are assuming he's going to maybe get a quarterback and become a stud but I so I could capitalize on that right now or I mean I don't know I could just wait and hope he does become a stud I don't know what to do exactly yeah 
Well, I, I don't think there's any way that the Bears keep him. And yeah. so I think I think we, in all honesty, we're going to be, end up training him somewhere. Um, that somewhere is likely into the AFC, um, likely to not a team that's going to really threaten us for, for very long. Someone, uh, a team like maybe the Ravens or... Uh, that would be good. I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, a team maybe even like the Colts who have some cap space or um, uh, maybe even the Browns who are looking to get rid of OBJ and maybe, and they have some cap space as well. Maybe they want a, a new wide receiver. So um, yeah, I would say his value will increase next year than it will, well, has a higher odds of increasing for next year than it does for this past year. I don't think he's going to be playing with a quarterback that's worse than Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. So, yeah. so I, I, I would say hold. Oh. Yeah. Or trade for a high price. So that would be nearly impassable. Yeah, I was about <laughs> yeah, to say, honestly. almost every quarterback is better than Mr. Biscay. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Him and Jared Goff were sitting at that 32 spot last year. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah. move on to the Packers. We had some news break just a little bit before we started with Aaron Jones. Um, Eli, I'll let you get to that. But get to that and other stuff that's been going on uh, with the Packers. Yeah, so I guess we'll just start with Jones real quick. So the Packers did not franchise tag him, but Adam Schefter reported that the team still hopes to get a deal done with him before the start of free agency next week. So we'll have to see how that goes. We know that a while ago they offered him a top five uh, contract, but the guarantees weren't there for him, so he turned it down. So I guess we'll see how that goes. The Packers still seem like they want to try to work something out. Um, I don't know if it's if it's going to happen. It's 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 tough. I keep I keep going back and forth. I, I don't I I want them to sign him, but I also feel like there is a level where I don't want them to cross when it comes to money. But I do think Aaron Jones is that good where it's worth giving him that kind of a deal. Because if you let him and Jamal Williams walk, you're basically banking on A.J. Dillon and, and whatever rookies you may draft to be your backfield. And, yeah, we're optimistic about A.J. Dillon because we saw him have a good game against the Titans. But he's better than Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he had, he had one game where he saw a real role um, he had a great game in that game versus the Titans, but we're basing almost all of our confidence in him off of one game. And if he's not necessarily as good as we were hoping, then all of a sudden you have an average back and then some rookies and maybe no run game. And that's not going to help, especially Matt LaFour's offense. So we'll see what happens with Jones. But overall, since last time we had a, a podcast, the Packers has been pretty busy. Um, got rid of Mike Pettin, hired Joe Barry from the Rams, uh, linebacker coach. Uh, didn't have a ton of success in his last two spots as a DC in Detroit and Washington, but that was, I mean, a decade over a decade ago. I'm not taking a ton of that. Still into defensive account. coordinator when the Lions went 0 and 16. <laughs> I was waiting for Gert so, to say something. I yeah. that's all I can say. That's all I need to say about that is the yeah. one of the worst defenses in NFL history was his. So. <laughs> one of the worst ever in NFL history. Not like one of the worst in recent history. Not one of the worst that season. One of the worst in the last 102 years. <laughs> I'm not overly concerned about a season that happened 13 years ago. So 
Joe Barry, we'll see what happens what happens with him. Also, the Packers, wait, therefore, then, you're never allowed to bring up 0-16 for the Lions because we can't be concerned with a season that happened 13 <laughs> years ago. And you can't bring up your Super Bowls. Oh! <laughs> well, hey, 2010 right. was only 11 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Um... But uh, they also, the Packers promoted uh, Maurice Drayton. Uh, it's a special teams coach. So that was a uh, promotion from within the team. It was a little bit of a surprise, but I actually really like him. I like this press conference. I think he brings a lot of energy. And also, I mean, the Packers special teams unit was, was absolutely awful. So number one, it really can't get worse. And so number two, I don't think a team promotes from within when they're that bad unless they really think the guy they're promoting can make a change. So I'm confident in, in that promotion. And when it comes to Barry, we're going to wait and see. I'm not, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to know whether or not an offensive or defensive coordinator is going to be great or terrible. In terms of uh, signings and cuts, uh, the Packers cut Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey saving some money. They also restructured David Bakhtiari's contract, creating about $8.3 million in cap space. And there are reports that they're going to restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract, most likely. Um, very possible to give Devontae Adams an extension, but maybe we'll talk about that in a bit. But um, other than that, uh, Preston Smith, someone that I think a lot of Packer fans thought was going to be cut, hasn't been cut, and Brian Gutenkun said, as of now, he's expected back next year, which has a lot of mixed feelings for Packers fans, I would say. For me, like, if you're not going to go out and sign someone, then I guess, like, whatever, just keep him. But if you have the opportunity to go and sign, whether it's a cornerback, a receiver, a better pass rusher, then, then yeah, you, I, I, would be, I would be all for them moving on from him. But if they're just going to cut him and then not sign anyone, I don't see that as being a help. So as of now, I guess we'll continue to see what happens with Preston Smith. And, I mean, other than that, really the big the big thing we're waiting on is, is just, I guess, Aaron Jones now. I mean, I, until today, was pretty much under the, under the assumption he's not going to be on the team. But Adam Schefter reporting that they're still trying to get a deal done. Still gives me some hope that maybe they can make it happen. Again, I don't want them to go completely overboard on it, but I I, I do think Aaron Jones is that good that he's worth a top five deal, basically. So um, in terms of news, that that basically covers it for the Packers right now. Unless I'm I'm missing something, Nathan. That I think you got I think you got everything. But yeah, Aaron Jones, like I've kind of been on the. Don't pay him train for a little bit. Just again, just because it's kind of the value of the position. Ideally, I'd like to have like that maybe sign Jamal Williams to a smaller deal rather than Aaron Jones. Cause I'm just assuming Jones is going to get a bigger deal or want a bigger deal. So I'm like, I'd rather just have Dylan and Jamal Williams, but I don't know. I'm not, I do have a feeling they're going to bring back Jones, which, okay, it's not like the worst thing in the world. Like, I'm not going to complain about bringing back a really, really good running back, but um, I don't know. I think there's better ways to use that money. Um, back to, like you said, with the, uh, with Joe Barry and the coaching, um, hires and stuff. I agree. Like with what you said, I'm not going to, not going to try to act like I know all these guys and like, the, oh, this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be terrible, whatever. I feel like a lot of people on Twitter right away 
it's an it's an they hired from it's an inside hire so he's automatically going to be bad and I'm like well they know more than you do about the guy so how can you how can you really criticize it that much um but yeah I mean like you said a lot of stuff still to be done um Aaron Jones is the main thing and yeah I think you I think you covered everything for the for the most part but people were saying that a lot with sorry people were saying that a lot with the Clint Kubiak thing they're saying that the only reason he got hired is because he's Gary Kubiak's son it's like okay Zimmer and Spielman's jobs are on the line this next season if they don't do well they're probably both out the door you think that they're gonna hire Gary Kubiak's son just because it's his son just just to do it like it's just dumb yeah when these people's jobs depend on like who they hire and stuff it's like it's they're, they're almost always going to hire someone who they think is really, really good. They're not just hiring a guy just because. Like, the teams just don't do that. But like, um, This is the yeah. NFL. It's not, you know, some, like, tiny little business office somewhere. Like, this <laughs> exactly. is, like, these guys make a shit ton of money. And if they, like, you have guys who will get signed to, like, five-year contracts, six-year contracts. And then, like, if they mess up once, it's like, you're out already. Like, Titans yeah. traded away a first-round pick, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. the NFL, there's no guarantees at all. Yeah. So... All right, so let's move on to our next segment for the show, which is some predictions for signings and trades and cuts, all that stuff, what you guys think might happen or what you want to see happen. Um, We'll start back with, we'll go back around with um, Jared and the Vikings. So give me some stuff that you expect or want to happen, um, kind of a mixture of both. Okay, so first of all, for uh, cuts on guys, I got Shamar Stefan for sure. Uh, Again, paid way too much, and he's deep sucks i mean he he was one of the worst defensive tackles in the entire league last year um and i think he's making like five million dollars next year or something like that um jaylen holmes another guy on the defensive line who just wasn't worth it um another defensive tackle uh where the vikings really struggled that was probably their biggest hole in the defense like all around was the interior um and then the legendary drew samia uh Pro Football Focus's worst offensive player in the entire league last year. Uh, something tells me he's just not going to be back next year. I don't know what it is, but um, and then Riley Reef is an interesting one because he played really, really well last year, and um, cutting him would save like eleven million dollars in cap space. But it's do they have someone to replace him is the question. And um, I think it depends a lot. I don't think a move on him will be made um, until after the draft. Um, And it depends on how they feel with Ezra Cleveland, putting him over there. And then um, like what their cap space is looking like. And if he's willing to restructure again, I mean, if he doesn't want to, I don't blame him because he, was really good last year after restructuring. So um, that would be an interesting one to watch. And then two other restructures to watch for Eric Kendricks, um, someone who I'm totally for restructuring just because if you push the money down the line, I know that he's a guy who's going to be on the Vikings for a while. Um, so I'm not worried about wanting to cut him at any point. Anthony Barr is a little different. Um, I think that he... I think he'll play. I think he'll be on the Vikings this year, just because it's tough um, to fill that hole. And he, it was noticeable that he was gone last year. It really showed. Um, but if they restructure him, then he's going to be difficult to cut in the future. 
I think after this next season, he should probably be cut because he's getting paid a lot of money. And um, restructuring will make it a lot more difficult to do that. Um, and then with free agent signings, um, Vikings need at least one guard, maybe two, def- depending, again, on what they do with Riley Reef and um, Ezra Cleveland. Um, Joe Tooney is a guy, the best guard uh, on the free agent market right now. Um, Regine Cognito, he's old, but he played well, um, or he has played well recently. Um, I think he got injured last year, but um, I think he's a guy that you could bring in on a pretty cheap deal. Um, Nick Easton, former Viking, who um, was okay when he played for us. Uh, he played for the Saints for a while, um, and they cut him. So another guy who you could bring in for a cheap deal. And then Gabe Jackson, the Raiders, just cut him. Um, he'll be more expensive. Doesn't really fit into the Vikings scheme very much, but, I mean, their offensive line scheme doesn't work, so why not change it at this point? Because it, it, it's terrible, and it, it definitely shows because they are good at run blocking, and they, they're just awful at pass protection. And when you have a guy like Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you're going to need better pass protection than the 29th-ranked uh, pass uh, uh, offensive line. Um, and then Geno Atkins is a likely cut. So someone that Zimmer has history with um, over in Cincinnati, someone that might, I don't know, he won't come in on a cheap deal, but a more inexpensive deal than these other defensive linemen that are out there. Um, he's older too, and he hasn't been super productive. So that definitely will play into um, getting him on a cheaper deal. I think a reunion with Mike Zimmer and then being with Andre Patterson could definitely give him another year or two of good play. And then wide receiver, you know, wide receiver three, you can't keep jotting, uh, jogging old BC Johnson out there um, as your wide receiver three or Chad Beebe, who's a free agent this year. So the Vikings just hired the Jaguars uh, former wide receiver coach and Keelan Cole is a free agent this year. And he's done well as a returner and as a wide receiver, um, especially like putting him in as a third wide receiver when you have two guys who are going to be commanding most of the attention ahead of you. Um, someone that could do well as a wide receiver three here. And then Golden Tate just got cut. So uh, another guy who has haunted the Vikings in the past um, could maybe come in and do some work as a wide receiver three for the Vikings next year. Him and Harrison Smith would definitely get in a fight in the locker room, like, <laughs> I saw it right when you said Golden Taker started smiling a little bit. <laughs> All I can yep. think is the, the the butt flip. You know, the one mm-hmm. where he flips and shoved his ass yep. in Harrison Smith's face. I vividly remember <laughs> that because I just got home from Walmart and it was Thanksgiving and I was, I was not happy. <laughs> that was the best Thanksgiving ever, so... Yeah, as far as wide receiver three, though, like Golden Tate was kind of a name that was mentioned for the Packers possibly last year a little bit, and um, I was kind of interested in possibly. Like, I feel like he's a good complimentary receiver to have as, like, you know, your third guy. Obviously not a one or even a two, but um, I do like that as a as a third guy for sure. I don't know. That Justin Jefferson guy, he's he's okay, though. I don't I think Yeah. Get, maybe maybe throw him our way if you, if you can. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. Why don't you try drafting a receiver? Hey, I wanted to trade up to Jefferson. I really did, but he didn't listen to me. Okay, anyways, Gerbs, we'll move on to you. Um, trades, signings, cuts, stuff you would like to see or expect to see for the Lions. All right, so there's a lot of cuts going on. Um, some interesting stuff is, like, Chase Daniel 
I don't know if you saw the report that apparently the Lions got trade interest for Chase Daniel. And I'm like, if our general manager could pull off, even if we get a conditional seventh, trading a, what, like, 32, 34-year-old quarterback who has played, he's made, like, $80 million in his career and played, like, five games. Like, the guy, the guy is the definition of, like, keep getting them checks. You know, like, he will do whatever he can to stay in the NFL. But, like, if we could trade him, Oh my god, I'm, I I tweeted it and it like it got some pretty good feedback of like I will literally move back to Detroit and build a statue of general manager Brad Holmes if he can trade Chase Daniel for something. I will pay for the whole thing on my teacher's salary, which you know. Yeah, anyway, that's not for this podcast, but um, I will build a goddamn statue. Uh, other than that, um Lions need to sign some receivers because, as mentioned earlier, Geronimo Allison is not a wide receiver, too. <laughs> I I don't know if you Packers fans know it, but uh, well, I, I think if, he was for a bit. if Rodgers isn't the one throwing to him, I don't think he's good. So, And he opted out last year. And as you saw this year, most guys who opted out last year are already getting cut. So um, I like Curtis Samuel. A lot. Uh, Lions need some speed. I want him on the Packers. Tyrell Williams, and I think, um, you know, Curtis Samuel's a great guy. I think Corey Davis, you know, played at Western Michigan. He was Uh, good last year, too. Yeah, I think think Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel could be some pretty solid guys. Um, Other than that, you know, talking about cuts, the Lions, I don't think, brought a single coach back from last year. The whole new front office. There is no loyalty to any of these players. So anybody is fair game right now. And I've seen everything like people are speculating like Trey Flowers might get cut, especially with the salary cap stuff. Um, who is uh, Jesse James? Oh, my God. You know, we signed him as a backup tight end after, you know, he had a, a few like pretty marginal games or like, you know, marginal career in Pittsburgh enough to be like a good tight end, too. The guy is making $6 million a year to average one catch for eight yards per game. <laughs> like, he has two touchdowns in two seasons, 16 receptions each season of the last two. Like, we are literally paying him nearly $6 million, sorry, nearly $6 million a year to catch one catch for eight yards per game. I didn't realize he was making that much. <laughs> And so, like, he's – and well, because we, we signed him in free agency, and then Hawkinson just happened to be the draft pick. So it was kind of like – I think they signed him thinking he'd be tight end one, and then all of a sudden Hawkinson. But, like, and then, you know, they couldn't get two tight end sets to work with those two. Other than that, um, I've seen some things, even like Vitae, who we signed last year to, like, a huge, like, $50 million deal, might get cut. You know, he was terrible. And it's just again these the this the Lions right now there's no loyalty to any of these players. Desmond Trufant was just cut, you know. Like we signed him last year, and he was supposed to be the Darius Slay like not replacement, but like replacement, you know. Like he was supposed to fill that role as like a pretty good starter. And now it's like Jamie Collins. They just restructured his contract, so I think he's staying. But the Lions, I don't think any trades are happening. This team needs draft capital if we're going to – it's very obvious we're rebuilding. So, um, you know, it's cut the guys with expensive contracts, and which is really just Jesse James and, like, Trey Flowers. I don't want Flowers to get cut because Aquara is going to be gone, but 
Like, you know, that's a hefty contract. Um, other than that, I don't know. This this team has a lot to do. Um, I think if they're going to bring – also, I was looking at, like, people they need to bring back. Jamal Agnew, our, you know, our former all-pro punt returner, slash slot receiver, slash running back, slash nickel corner. Like, the guy is such a just gadget player that it's like, one, you just – every team needs a guy like that who you could just throw at basically any position and call it good. But also, without him, we don't have a punt returner or really a slot receiver. And the Lions only have two running backs under contract right now. So it would be good to have that guy back, plus, you know, extra corner depth because the Lions only have four cornerbacks on the roster right now too. So uh, Jamal Agnew is like really the only guy I'm like pounding the table of like the Lions, if they don't bring him back, I'm going to be really upset. Um, Other than that, you know, Lions don't have a lot, they don't have a lot of notable players to begin with on this team. So there's not a lot of notable free agents this year. Galladay and Aquara are just going to be kind of crushing to lose. And even Marvin Jones, you know, I'm a huge, uh, you saw how good of a year he had this year without Galladay being there. Like, he wants to go to Los Angeles to be with Stafford, and I don't blame him. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, the Lions just – I don't think they should be making any trades. They need to sign another receiver in free agency and then hopefully draft one, uh, at least one. They need to sign a new defensive end and probably a new cornerback. But other than that, like, O-line's actually looking pretty solid. Line, Oh, yeah, linebacker because we only have uh, four of them. And uh, three of them uh, you've probably never heard of. So, um, yeah, the Lions have a lot of work to do at linebacker and receiver and defensive end. But otherwise, I think things are looking pretty good. So um, the rest of the roster is, you know, very, very mediocre, which is where we want it right now. We need to tank. No, no, he's your coach said you're not tanking, so you're not tanking. Oh, yeah, we're not tanking. We're... Um, I don't even know what to call it, but it's definitely not tanking. It's just losing on purpose and being bad on purpose. <laughs> I said, like, I think I've said this on other podcasts. I was like, I remember when I was a, I was pretty young and I was a Bucks fan and the Bucks had to tank to like get a good pick for once. Cause they were always in the middle. And I remember like when I, as a fan, when I was like young, I just, my dad would tell me, he's like, no, we want them to lose. And I was like, that's like they're the Bucks though. Like we want them to win, and then he had to like, like tell me, no, like we want them to lose to get a better draft pick. And I was like, oh okay, I guess that makes sense. That's like with, was, like I, the Pistons this year. Pistons, every Pistons fan is like, okay, we got a lot of good rookies this year. We've got to keep tanking. I'm like, no, eventually we have to start being good. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't just keep tanking. The Timberwolves tank every year, and it's not on purpose. So <laughs> yeah, they always have like the number one pick, and they still suck. So. That's what the and Lions do. The Lions have had top ten Bulls, picks for most of my life, and still somehow botched most of those so yeah. literally i mean minnesota had they had freaking andrew wiggins they have anthony edwards they have d'angelo russell carl towns and it's like they just like they still always suck every well, time they good picks yeah yeah but that's for another podcast that's just we're getting into nba now i'm just glad i'm soon. not a big basketball fan because i couldn't do it <laughs> all right now um, let's move on to the bears max obviously um, people speculating on what they're going to do with quarterback situation, all that, who they might get. But um, tell us about that and more about what you think might happen. Mm-hmm. So the the biggest, hottest rumor right now is Russell Wilson to the Bears. And, 
you know what, I'm just trying so hard to just like not talk about it. You won't see me tweeting about it. Like, I'm just like, don't get my hopes up. Don't, don't tell me we're going to get one of like the premier quarterbacks in this league. And finally, for once in our franchise history, have a capable quarterback. Like, don't tell me that. I'm not going to get my hopes up. And so for as as far as I see things right now, Nick Foles is QB one going into to 2021 season. That's a that's how I can save myself the heartbreak. But um, yeah, just like as I precurse that, like um, first and foremost, I just want to reiterate we're trading a Rob just in case I haven't done that yet. Um, a second round pick, I think that's I think that's something that's feasible um, that we can do, and uh, I think he's a top ten, if not top five talent in this league and uh, I think there's a lot of desperate teams that are a wide receiver away from being really legit contenders and so um, I I think he's as good as gone and uh, a few other things that we can do is Jimmy Graham um, I think it's uh, likely that we cut him Um, that would save us about seven million Uh, Hicks we can either trade or uh, cut him as well Um, 12 million dollars I love Akeem Hicks he's one of my favorite players on the Bears uh, he brings so much energy, but um, ever since 2018, where he had that really a big breakout year, he's had a lot of injury troubles, and and we've had a lot of defensive linemen that have just stepped up to the plate. Whether it was Brent Urban, who was a nobody last season, who came in and made plays, we had our RRH, Roy Robertson Harris, he stepped up. Um, we have uh, Blau Nichols, who was our fifth round pick a few years ago. He's he's been a starter, so. Uh, we've, we've got a lot of talent on that defensive line, more than enough to create a, a solid starting line. And then Eddie Goldman will likely be back from COVID as well. Um, so I think Hicks paying him uh, 20 or paying him $12 million a year when we can save most of that is uh, is something that's likely. Uh, so you save those two, that's $19 million right there. Um, something, this isn't all my information. I'm not smart enough to calculate all of this, but uh, if we restructure Mac, Jackson, Whitehair, and Leno are starting left tackle. That'll save us around $30 million. That will get us well above the cap. And then if we extend Fuller, um, Kyle Fuller, we can't exactly do too much in uh, terms of restructures, but if we extend him for another year or two, uh, we can back end some of his contract and and uh, save about $10 million for this year. And then looking into the Russell Wilson trade, is it likely? You know what? It's... Uh, but again, I don't want to get too optimistic, but you can a, see him like he wants to just be like, "We're getting Russell yes, we're gonna uh, get him." If I want to see it so I bad, think Jared but Jared and I both can say that we just could no longer support teams that have Rodgers and Wilson in the same <laughs> division. <laughs> well, like, well, oh man, I can't, I can't forget post- about that guy in Minnesota though. So, <laughs> that's all he is—a is guy. But uh, the Peter guy did say it was a pipe dream like a day or two ago for Russell Wilson to the Bears. So yeah. that's what yeah. I'm going to go with and just hope that remains true. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I think uh, I think of one thing to keep in mind is this situation looks a lot different than the Texans and Deshaun Watson situation where that one, you, you bring up that trade and then the owner pops out of nowhere. He's like, nope, not happening. Nope, not happening. And then like Deshaun Watson, he's not it sounds like he's putting his foot in the ground, but he's not being too entirely vocal about it. And so like, there's just not a lot of heat there within that sort of uh, trade idea. However, with Russell Wilson, um, there's a couple different things is number one is that there are trade rumors. So 
the Seahawks are looking to move on from Russell Wilson. Whether it happens is a different story. Uh, another thing is that they sent out their um, annual letter to season ticket holders and and to try to hype everybody up for the new, new season. They've mentioned almost 10 different players that they're excited about next season. Russell Wilson wasn't one of them. Um, obviously, that's just because there is some credibility to up or perhaps a trade happening. Uh, another thing that gets mentioned is like, well, there's just a lot of dead cap. But um, someone else brought this up. Um, this isn't my idea, but... Uh, they said if Russell Wilson gets traded, um, he will only count for $7 million against the cap just because of how the cap hit and the dead cap and then how the trade dead cap works or whatever. And and so the Bears would need to bring him in. We'd likely extend Russell Wilson and uh, restructure his contract so it, so it fits with ours. With all these moves being made, with all the restructures, the trades, um, and then even a trade for Russell Wilson— we can do all these things, still have $20 million left for free agency, have $5 million left for the draft, and $5 million left over just in case uh, in case we have a cap casualty or something like that. We need to have some sort of emergency signing. Um, and then another thing that happened in Seattle is that they released uh, their edge defender, Carlos Dunlap, who is set to make $14 million. And so you might think, okay, maybe Khalil Mack might fit that role maybe they're trying to look for edge space that sort of thing and um but oh i don't know it's like i have this i have this beautiful beautiful text i sent like over a year ago where one of my buddies asked okay take one player from any other team who would you take and i said russell wilson the guy's like he's just so underrated or i think at that time even i was like he he's underrated and he's just short and he's still making plays and even though he doesn't have a defense his team is so consistently good and hit and you see like even his wide receivers like i don't know pre uh dk metcalf like tyler lockett was a special teams um kick returner primarily and then and then i i think without Russell Wilson, I think he drops off significantly. I think DK Metcalf, I think he's unreal. I think he's, yeah, has potential to be a future Hall of Famer. But um, I just think Russell Wilson elevates that team so much. And uh, I think I think if he comes over to the Bears, that the NFC North will also have probably the two cringiest quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And so that's one thing we can brag about as well. <laughs> I've, always, I've always disliked that about, like, that's what... I've, I've always disliked Russell Wilson a lot, but the main reason is like number one, he went to the Badgers, he went to Wisconsin, so that's automatically I don't like him. He plays for the Seahawks, who we hate, and he is very corny, just overall, like he's just a oh, corny, shit. and I can't stand it. Like that I just through unlimited video has to be the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched in my life. It's just I don't know, something about him just has always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I just have never liked him. So if he goes to the Bears, I'll hate him even more. So. <laughs> there it's you like go. the whole future drama, like that's like I just like Russell Wilson, I could no longer stand ever since all that drama started with him in future. Uh, I was even I was even thinking like oh, okay who could we sign for wide receivers if we trade Allen Robinson we're gonna need someone I was like oh Golden Tate my oh yeah I guess not Golden Tate either yeah I would um, I think this is all setting up for the Bears to get Russell Wilson and then he just becomes terrible because no quarterback ever plays good on the Bears and it just he yeah. just loses all of his talent everything just he just starts declining immediately and. That's what happens. So yeah. then, like Robinson stays because they get Russell Wilson. Exactly. And then, and then he's like, like he bombs, and then Robinson just has a meltdown. 
<laughs> yeah. And then they give, him a, they give him a huge contract, and then he has a meltdown after Russell Wilson sucks. <laughs> There's so many quarterback curses on the Bears, it's not even funny. The Bears itself, and then just even even Allen Robinson, who's one of the best wide receivers, he cannot play with a top 20 quarterback if his life depended on it no matter no matter who which team he goes to he's always playing with someone horrible but uh man i don't know it would it would be it'd make my day if we could get him but i do think it's going to come at a huge cost like our our um pick is in the 20s and it's not a highly coveted pick so that means we're gonna have to give up even more so but you know what like in order to just have a franchise quarterback for once take everyone take mac take jackson take i think it would cost probably even three first round picks like, oh yeah oh yeah for sure 100 percent. i think and i i think part of me hopes that maybe they value cleo mac as like maybe one or two first round picks that would be great and maybe we can offset that cost but um i think one thing to consider is that uh russell wilson listed four teams that he wanted to go to the cowboys who just tagged dak um the uh the Raiders and the Raiders said they're they're like they seem like they're pretty committed to Derek Carr right now. Uh, oh, who is team number three? I'm blanking the right Jets. now. Jets. Is it no, the Jets? He said, no, he said. Uh, was it the Saints? Saints. Oh, yeah, yeah, it Saints. was the Saints. Saints. Yeah, mm-hmm. who are like in cap hell, like sixty. Deshaun Watson said the Jets. No way. And so if if the Seahawks are desperate to move on, and the Bears are desperate, and like we have a GM who's fighting as he is for his uh, his job. Like I think there, I think it's inevitable that a trade could happen if they're looking to make one happen, and uh, one at a reasonable cost for the Bears. But um, for me personally, there is no such thing as an unreasonable cost. Take whatever pick you want, take whatever player you want. I just want to watch a good quarterback for once in my life. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's, for a team that hasn't had one, it's like it's definitely a, a situation where you just I don't care what it takes. But um, like I'll, I'll mention this also that. Plan C, if we don't get Deshaun Watson, which is highly unlikely, if we don't get Russell Wilson, which is unlikely, and then who who's our options? Well, our options would be to trade up for Justin Fields or Zach Wilson and I do or Trey Lance, and I don't want to do that. I don't think that happens. Um, I really hope it doesn't happen because we're giving up so much of our future for a huge risk, and we saw how right. that paid off the first time. Yeah. I was gonna say, when has trading up for a quarterback never not worked out for you guys? Exactly. Well, what happened the last time they traded up for one? <laughs> oh, that's right. They took Pat. Are we took... talking about Packers and Jordan Love, or the Vikings and Christian Ponder? Hey, Jordan Love's a future Hall of Famer, but <laughs> when you, what did you? You traded up for you took Christian Ponder's wife was hot at least. Trubisky. They, they... and Deshaun Watson. We could yeah. have given up a 2017 first and said we might be likely giving up. A 2021 first, a 2022nd first, a 2023rd first, and so on and so forth. But um, I, I really hope we don't trade up, um, just because I, I think like, and this will be I don't know job suicide for Ryan Pace. Like he's gonna he's gonna have to move on if he doesn't trade up. But if he doesn't, we will have be in such a better position to have a, a coach come and join us and GM come and join us because we'll have picks, we'll have cap that we can. Uh, get back into and we can start fresh and that's something I'd rather do than take a gamble on a, on a on a quarterback so I don't know that's plan C and I hope it doesn't come to that yeah it's just so much better to have a, a proven quarterback of any kind I think I mean like you said especially for a team that you're going to need the picks and stuff but anyways let's move on to the Packers last but not least 
Um, Eli, you kind of already talked about a lot of stuff they can do with, you know, signings and restructures and all that, but um, take me through what you expect to happen. Yeah, so real quick, number one, I forgot to mention Devin Funches uh, taking a $750,000 pay cut to remain with the team. So it was like he opted out this past year after the Packers signed him. Seems like he will be playing for the Packers in 2021, which I'm still excited about. I was excited, you know, excited when they signed him. He's not a star or anything, but I think he's at the, at the very least wide receiver three, potentially two on the team if they don't bring anyone else in. But in terms of deal uh, moves I want to see them make, um, one name that consistently comes to mind, that receiver for me is Curtis Samuel. I think he would just fit so well in Matt LaFleur's offense. He has a ton of talent. He's just been kind of stuck behind DJ Moore. Then this year is Robbie Anderson. Also the quarterback play really has never been very good. In Carolina while he's been there. So I think Curtis Samuel is pretty interesting. And also James White. Um, I've heard from a source that that is pretty close with White himself that he wants he, he went to Wisconsin. He was a Badger. He wants to come back to Wisconsin. And that it, it seems like he does have interest uh, in joining the Packers. And considering well, no matter what happens with Aaron Jones, I mean, the Packers could use a, a receiving back, like a real, real receiving back, and that's exactly what James White is. And I would be all for it, especially if they don't re-sign Aaron Jones. Like, you can survive, I guess, with A.J. Dillon and James White a lot better as opposed to A.J. Dillon and some rookies. So James White would be a pretty cool move. Uh, we haven't really had a receiving back like that in Green Bay Except maybe, I don't know, Ty Montgomery, who was a receiver, who they turned into a running back. But uh, other than that, I mean, Preston Smith, we'll still see. But as of now, they said they expect him back. Um, I I expect he'll be back. Corey Lindsley is going to be a free agent. I don't expect them to sign him. Um, uh, there was rumors, quote unquote, he's going to get a monster deal. I just don't see them giving him that. And then... I mean, there's been a ton of releases at cornerback. I mean, even just during the show, just now Malcolm Butler just got released. But honestly, he's been pretty bad. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner got released from the Raiders. He I might be a little bit more interested in, but I really think the Packers, outside of maybe a, a, maybe a Will Fuller kind of receiver, like a mid-tier receiver, could be an option in free agency. Other than that, like, I don't think they're going to sign a corner. I think they'll draft a corner. And, yeah, right now it's just about getting back under the cap. So that's going to be restructuring Rodgers and extending Devontae Adams, I guess, would be the biggest thing, would be to lock him up because he's going to the last year of his deal. We all know they can't lose him. So extending Devontae Adams, obviously with most of that money being pushed to the back end so they create more cap space now, that would be my my number one goal for them is to extend Adams and bring in someone at least a rock, something like Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, James White, one of one of those three guys. If if they do that, I'd be pretty happy with at least the free agency portion of the offseason. And then I guess we'll have to get to the draft when we get to the draft and see what happens. Yeah, and as you said, Rogers can contract and probably going to be restructured too um, to create more cash space now. But I totally agree with Curtis Samuel. I've Everywhere I look, like whenever I look, click on articles about like, oh, which 
free agent wide receivers, where could they go? I feel like Curtis Samuel is always going to the Packers because it's just a perfect fit. And Gerber's mentioned him with the Lions, but I right away I said I want him on the Packers. But. He's just such an underrated receiver. Like, yeah. not enough people really give him credit. I mean, like, as Eli said, he was really overshadowed by Robbie Anderson and um, DJ yeah. Moore. But, like, yeah, he's one of those guys that would easily be a wide receiver one on a lot of teams right now. Like, you know, wide receiver two probably for – obviously for the Packers, but like for the Lions, he would be our number one guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. He just seems like the perfect fit for, uh, to put next to, you know, Devontae Adams. I, I, I think that'd be ideal, but I'm not going to get my hopes up too much for a receiver because we've seen how that happens. But Hey, with the draft, I did see, you know, uh, is, I think it's Kadarius Tony from yeah. Florida. Dude, that dude is shifty. Oh my yeah. goodness. He'd be great. Uh, so, I, I like him a lot. He was one of the first receivers I started watching film on. He would he would be perfect in LaFleur's offense. I can dream. I know, Kyle I know Trask Jared made loves, him great. Uh, what's the Come Minnesota on. guy? Ask, or no, who's the Minnesota guy? that uh, Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, that yeah. Bateman baby. Yeah. yeah. I will cry if he goes to the Packers. <laughs> hey, we gotta. I, it'd be awesome to get a receiver, but like, again, like I said, I'm not gonna. My dad sent me like a video of Kadarius Tony. He's like, we got Packers gotta get this guy. Like he's projected to go right around our pick, and I was like, Dad, let's not get our hopes up too much because last year I spent all this time looking at all these receivers and just whatever. <laughs> but um, all right, any hey, anything else from you guys? Or are we good to wrap up? All right. Um, so that does it for this show. Um, thank you guys for tuning in as always, and we're going to have another show pretty shortly, but um, you can follow us on Twitter, Jared at Jared Bars NFL, Max at Max Gerbs, um, or Gerbs at Max Gerbs, Max at Max Markham NFL, Eli at Book of Eli underscore NFL, myself at Nathan Marzian, and you can follow the podcast account at Split Div Pod. Are we going to do, are we doing every other week now for, for here? Or is that the plan? Right. Yeah, or just whenever news shows up. Something like that. Sometimes, sometimes. Until the season up. starts, who knows what the plan will be. We got, we got draft stuff going to be coming up soon. Is that That's at the end of April, I think. So, um, yeah, we'll get into that stuff. But another podcast coming shortly. But, hey, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next time.